welcome to the music room with Aileen Miracle and Katie Manichi. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 31 of the music room. Today, Katie and I are going to talk about preparing for the end of the year. Now, funny story, Katie, I didn't even get a chance to tell you this yet. When I was first pondering this topic, I thought to myself, have I already done this topic? And I did a little searching and I couldn't find anything. Well, today I did find that I have a podcast episode from like last year called Preparing for the End of the Year. (laughs) That's awesome. And because I had a personal day today, I had time to sit down and actually listen to it. I do have, you know, on the list of things to talk about are several different topics or just different points about similar topics. So I think it's different enough. We could probably call this one preparing for the end of the year. Part two. (laughs) Part two. Yes. I love it. Yeah. So in that podcast episode, which I can link to in the show notes, I'll just kind of give a brief overview of that episode. And then we can launch into what we're going to talk about with this one. I talked about keeping track of lessons, cornerstone projects, and I gave examples of cornerstone projects that like end of the year projects I was doing with each grade level. I talked about organizing a drawer at a time and deciding on your theme for next year. So like I said, some of the stuff that we're going to talk about today kind of touches upon those themes, but maybe has a different point about that. So it won't be exactly the same information if you have listened to the other podcast (laughs) I think it's worth mentioning that the fact that you've touched on this topic before speaks to this time of year and what a great time it is to just reevaluate and declutter. Yeah. And for us in our district, we go until like, I want to say May 24th. Does that sound right? Yeah, that's about right. So I know some people out there have to teach until like the middle of June. So it's probably doesn't feel quite like the end of the year yet you. But for some of us, we are kind of gearing up into the last, you know, several weeks of school. So for sure about this. So the first thing I have on my list here is organizing your lessons for the end of the year. This is something that I actually did over spring break, I really looked at everything I had left for the year. And I actually kind of tracked it out, like figured out how many times I would see each class before the end of the year, you know, because you have Mm -hmm. assemblies and field trips and whatever. And I figured out like which lesson I was going to get to with everybody, how many assessments I had left or what I was hoping to assess still and how I was going to fit that in. What concepts that you have left to teach. Yeah. So have you done the same kind of thing? I do. I typically start in about March printing a blank calendar And then because I'm in multiple buildings and I think in color coding, each of my schools has a color and I like to handwrite what's happening. So our field days tend to be on different days in each building. Field trips for different grade levels tend to be on different days. So I can't with complete accuracy tell in each building how many times I'll see them, but I can get pretty close Right. So yeah. I'll sit down and color code what's happening in each building, when we'll have state testing, for example, because we're in the middle of that season. So right. at which times I'm going to be flip-flopping schedules and 
if I know in advance when I'll be missing them. So it's nice to be able to see at a glance what's happening in each building within that block. So I sort of blow up a blank calendar and just fill it. <laughs> it's, because we do a five-day rotation, we do A, B, C, D, E. It is a little bit more confusing. Mm-hmm. We saw the kids like on Tuesday and Thursday and Monday and Friday or whatever. It might be a little bit easier in that situation to figure out how many more lessons you have. Sure. Because it's counting the days or how many Mondays you have left or whatever. But in our case, it's a little trickier. Sure. Still good to do. So I have a file that I use in Google Slides that Mm -hmm. has kind of like the week at a glance Mm -hmm. and put however many classes I have that day and the times I have them and that kind of thing. And then I number my lessons. So it would be like 1-27 for first, you know, the 27th lesson. ever. Mm-hmm. And then I can see which lesson I'll get to with everybody. And, you know, in a former podcast episode, a recent one, we talked about Frankensteining lessons. Mm-hmm. Right? I think that was the adapting the lessons when you see kids last episode, which Correct. I to in the show notes. So yeah, I will be looking at do I need to smush some lessons together so that they mm-hmm. get everything that I want them to get. And I think I mentioned in an earlier podcast too that on my lesson plan template, I have at the bottom a section for each section that I teach. So each classroom teacher is then listed within that grade level that I see. So if I know I'm going to miss someone, I can mark it on the lesson plan. Or if there's a certain song that we didn't get to that I got to with other classes, I can mark that within their little section. So then I can keep tabs of that as I go into the next numbered lesson. I also, I know I have talked to you about it, Katie, but I just started using a free website called Trello. T-R-E-L-L-O dot com. And I can link to that in the show notes as well. And oh my goodness, it's just rocking my world. I absolutely love it. So it's kind of like a project management system. But for those people like me who are visual learners, it's really visual. Kind of reminds me of Pinterest in a way because you have like boards with categories and Mm -hmm. then lists that are kind of like subcategories and then cards, which are like specific tasks. And I have been, I started off using it for like social media and blog posts and that kind of thing in the podcast. Mm -hmm. But then I used it. I'm on the state of Ohio music standards revision committee. I started using it for that committee and everybody really loved it for that. And then I did start using it for school stuff. So like when I was looking at how many lessons I had until the end of the year, I did a card for each lesson. So I had a list for first grade, a list for second grade and so on. And then each card was a different lesson. And I just put kind of like the important things for each lesson, like that I was going to present this or practice that or that I had an assessment in the lesson or whatever. And then I can write notes to myself on the card too. And just having that visual of seeing Mm -hmm. what I have left was super helpful for me. I just downloaded the app. Oh, yay. I did just before the podcast started because I wanted to see what you were talking about. And I love the interface. It's so intuitive. I mean, it would be a disservice to use this as the example, but it reminded me kind of like a virtual post-it. So it just keeps track of everything, but it's so much more than that. But I like the idea that all of your to-do lists, all of your tasks can be organized in the same place so that you don't have this separate life balance with work balance. It's all in one spot. Yes. So I have talked about Airtable before, which I still love. And mm-hmm. I can link to that video in the show notes as well. 
but that's a really great project management system that I really like for to-do lists. Mm-hmm. So I found Trello and I was like, oh, this is really cool too. But how, you know, I was trying to like figure out how I would use both of them. And what I've kind of landed on is I'm using Airtable for the tasks that are just like one off. Like I have to do this on Monday and I never have to do it again. It's mm-hmm. just something that's tell myself to do for my reoccurring tasks. I'm putting all of those in Trello. So like on my Airtable, I actually have something now that says check Trello every day. And I know that the reoccurring tasks, because there's this really cool, it's kind of advanced Trello functionality, but there's a power up called Butler where you can change the due date of a card or move it to another list. So you could like change the due date by two days or by one day. So doing every day or it's something that you only do on Fridays or something, Mm -hmm. they create a button that will change the due date for you. It's really cool. That's sorcery. Yeah, it's magic. I think my air table was getting so long that mm-hmm. it was overwhelming me a little bit. So I like having some in Trello and some in air table. So it's not so much to look at. Mm-hmm. That's just the way my brain works. <laughs> I really appreciated Airtable as a collaborative document. Yeah. It was a great way for me to be able to check in with how you were doing with concepts, because even though we work in the same building and on paper, we have time together we don't really have a lot of time together. So it was a great way for me to check in with you without having to interrupt your workflow because you're pretty diligent about updating it. So I was able to check the air table. So I like it for the collaborative aspect of it, but I think Trello is going to be fun to play with. Yeah. And Trello does have the collaborative aspect too. Cool. Yeah. And I do have the paid version of it because I just loved it so much. I wanted more power ups. Yeah. But you could do that with the free version. You're fancy. Sure. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So, that's point number one organizing your lessons for the end of the year and kind of figuring out where you're at. Point number two organizing your classroom for the end of the year. So, in my last podcast episode, preparing for the end of the year, part one, I <laughs> talked about organizing a drawer at a time. What I'm actually doing this year, instead of doing like a drawer at a time, is I'm giving each week, I'm giving myself a project to do at some point during the week. Mm-hmm. So like last week's project was my desk drawers. So I just kind of like, and I thankfully had already somewhat organized, so it wasn't a huge project. Mm-hmm. So I kind of went through the drawers, made sure that it was, you know, somewhat neat and organized. And then this week's project will be the bookshelves because I do have a lot of, you know, structured organization on my bookshelves, but then I have a lot of books that are just like thrown onto a shelf because I didn't have, you know, so this week I'm going to do bookshelves and then I'll have a week where I'll just kind of go through my drawers and organize them. And then hopefully another week I'll sort through my manipulatives because those are a hot mess. And then hopefully have a week to tackle my storage closet. Mm-hmm. I'm really hoping that at least somewhat organizing each of those areas, then I can go into the summer and not feel like my room is a disaster area. <laughs> it is not a disaster area. I have seen it. It kind of is. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen disasters. This is not like we don't need to call FEMA. You're okay. <laughs> you are okay. Like my manipulative drawer is just cracks me up. I have like foam hearts and and wooden cubes and rhythm manipulatives and there's 
some of them are where they're supposed to be. But then I have like this whole section where it's just like pool noodles. And I mean, who mixes their foam hearts with a pool noodle? Who does such a thing? Oh, and it's funny because I actually looked through. I was reading some old blog posts that I had written. And one of them was about end of the year organization suggesting putting containers together that would have like, like if you divided your class into teams, like the red team, the green team, you know, that kind of thing. Yes. That you could have a tub of stuff just for the red team that has everything they need. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't think I really implemented it all that (laughs) well. I'm going to be honest. I like kind of did it. And then I totally like. Maybe you inspired someone else though. Maybe I did. But we should find the person who did it. (laughs) (laughs) Let it work for you because it kind of didn't work for me. But I think it could. I think it's a good idea. I just don't think there was something about my implementation that wasn't great. So I need to rethink. Well, life happens. And, you know, I will say on that same topic, one of the things that blew my mind, there are about a hundred things by attending the Kodai conference, Mm -hmm. which you so beautifully co-chaired, did a phenomenal job. And it allowed me to meet people like the music teacher, Coffee Talk, friends. Shout out. Hey. Got to meet so many great people and make connections and see fantastic presentations. But one of them talked about having boxes. She actually put things in large bags, like really large Ziploc bags. Okay. That were organized by concept, but also pre-separated for differentiation. So it was like a whole nother level of organization, but I loved it. Was so, this the differentiation session? Yes. And it was spectacular. And it is not something I think I'll be able to do right away, but it is a goal. So it's like a bag of like ticka ticka, for example. Yes, but let's say you have students that need to read it on stick notation versus can see it on the staff versus still need to use popsicle sticks and manipulate because you know that they're the tactile learners. Like she had those all organized and then they would go into differentiated centers on one topic. And she had all of it ready to go. So she knew which bag of manipulatives each group needed for each concept. Yeah. It was so amazing. Yeah. I have, because I I started to do differentiated centers this year and Mm -hmm. really enjoyed it. And I do have a tub of differentiated centers. So like I have a tub that says ticket, ticket, differentiated centers. Yes. It's just for that centers lesson. What I thought was interesting was that she was taking a slightly different approach, and this is actually related to the topic, I promise. But the idea was that, let's say you were going to do staff work on a particular song, rather than it being a center-based lesson, the students Uh break into that differentiated center for a limited amount of time. Ah, I really like that. Within the lesson, it's embedded in. So they each go to their corners and they're all doing staff work, but it's differentiated and prepared to go. Yeah, I'm really going to have to think on that. Right? Yeah. So talking through it with her, it was just a completely different approach to centers-based learning. And it was just a piece of the lesson. And they came back after a few minutes of work, just like you would with staff work. But everyone was doing what they needed at that time. Right. And then they brought everything back to their bag so that it was still organized for the next time. And I think my takeaway with that is I had so many fantastic 
ideas presented to me at this conference. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that's tough about that is that for us, it was with seven weeks of school left. So I think in preparing for the end of the year, my brain is almost into next year. Yeah. Because I'm looking at all these fresh, fantastic ideas that have just become part of my consciousness. And so I'm thinking of ways that I can wrap up this year and also prepare students for those ideas that I want to implement next year. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. This is actually a great segue into the next point. (laughs) So next point, reflecting on what has worked well. Something that I also did over spring break as I was recovering from the OAKE conference Mm -hmm. was really looking at the lessons that I'd already taught this year. And I've been using this lesson tracking checklist, which is similar to what you're talking about with your boxes on your lesson plan. Mm -hmm. So I've been using that all year to kind of see what I got to with each class, with each lesson. And I made sure I had a weekly note to myself, like a weekly to do task to write down what I changed about the lesson. Mm-hmm. Cause I like those little changes, even if you've written this beautiful lesson plan in the moment you're looking at your kids and their eyes are glazing over and you're like, Oh, they need a brain break. You know, you just make mm-hmm. those little changes or you shift things around you flip two things or whatever, because you just realize that's what you need to do. So I was writing those notes to myself throughout the year, but then I wasn't going back and changing it within the lesson. So I did that over spring break. I looked at all those written lesson plans. And like we've talked about before, I still, even though I have those written lesson plans, I'm still adapting. They're kind of like a living, breathing thing, Mm -hmm. which is that structure of like, this is a lesson plan that I've taught before and it works really well. And if I want to change some things out, I can, but I know that this lesson has good bones, you know? Yes. So I was going back and including those notes and adapting the lesson so that next year when I go to look at it, I don't have to remember to myself like, oh, what did I change? Oh, I think I flipped you. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's already written in there. Mm-hmm. I'm playing around with the idea of converting one or maybe two grade levels to just digital documents. I've never done that before. I've always liked having a handwritten copy, uh-huh. but especially with travel and also, like you're saying, adapting within the lesson. I'm considering it. So are you still, you're still handwriting like with a pen or pencil? I do. I really do feel better when I do it. I used to do that until, oh my goodness, it was like years ago. I had a student teacher (laughs) who was like, Aileen, you're like really into like technology. Why are you handwriting this? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I'm going to give myself a little bit of a pass here because even though I've been teaching a long time, like 15 years. I've only been in this district for five. I think I was just saying to you the other day that it really struck me in this last year that adapting to that new district, you know, the mentalities, the norms of that district, it's taken me until about now to feel really comfortable. I had not taught in a block schedule before. And so I do feel like I'm at a point now where I have a little bit of a groove I understand the ebbs and flows of the school year as it is in my district. So I think there was value in writing it out, but I'm at a point now where I think I can take the plunge and start switching over to more of a digital plan. And I am not at all judging anybody out there who still writes their 
lessons by I hand. did not feel judged. Okay. <laughs> that. Like they learn best when they write it down. I totally get that. Sure. But actually do prefer using technology. So I just had to laugh to myself when right? former student teacher said why I think it was Katie if you're listening. <laughs> Aww, I've actually had a couple Katie's who are student teachers, but Katie with a C. I think she's the one who told me, Aileen, like you really like using technology. Why are you doing this? And I do definitely prefer doing it on computer than doing it by hand. But some people really like writing it down and you learn best that way, then go for it. Well, and in the case of like the rocket book, this is what I love about it. I can still write things down and then also send it to a cloud and not have to keep it as a physical document. Yes. Because there are just times I like to write things down. Yes. And Katie, there's another great segue into my next point. I was going to talk about Rocketbook. Love it. Love it. (laughs) Okay. So we talked a little bit about Rocketbook on a previous podcast episode, but just in case you didn't hear that episode, our principal, Anthony, introduced us to this amazing Rocketbook. It's like $30 on Amazon, right? It's not Mm -hmm. super expensive. But the idea is you have like this book that you can write things by hand But then there's a QR code on the bottom of each page, like in the corner of each page. And with the Rocketbook app, you can tell the app where you want something to go. So like you can scan what you've written and then the app will ask you, where do you want me to send this? And you'll tell it. So you could send it to Google Drive. You could send it to as an email. You can send it to Trello, which is amazing. There are all these. You can send it to Dropbox. So yeah, for the people who are like really into writing things down, but you still want it digitally, this is such a great solution. So I used this a bunch during the conference and I actually realized after I recorded the conference wrap up that I didn't talk about this. And so, you know, because I was chairing the conference and I had a lot of stuff going on, I didn't really want to drag my laptop around with me everywhere. Same. Yeah. So I decided to just take the rocket book with me. And you have like a special pen that you can write on. And then when you're done with a page and you've scanned it, there's this little washcloth that you can wet down and pretty much erase the page and start mm-hmm. over. So anyway, I was writing themed pages. So like I had a page that had a bunch of ideas for melody and I had another page that had ideas for choir and another page that had ideas for rhythm or whatever. Like I did themed ideas. Neat. And was no matter what session I was in. So instead of taking like one page, just had these session notes. And then I went on to the next page for the next session notes. I was kind of like categorizing as I was going. Mm-hmm. And then I'd scan it and send it to Trello. And so I have a board in Trello called Teaching Ideas that is categorized by, like I said, melody, rhythm, choir, band, whatever. And I love this because as I was thinking about the lessons I've taught so far this year, the lessons I still have to go, and then the lessons I'm going to teach next year, mm-hmm. it's just like one central location to look at all of the things that I wanted to implement. And then like, if I find something on Pinterest, or I find something in a book or something, I can take a picture of it and send it to Trello. You know what I mean? It's just I love it. Yeah, I have struggled with that. I have to laugh to myself speaking about like before the digital age. When I first started teaching, I had this tub of materials that it was like a file tub Mm -hmm. where I would, you know, go to a workshop and I would file the workshop packet into the tub, which you could still do. I just to me, like 
I'm just not a paper person anymore. I'm really a digital person. So that mm-hmm. doesn't me anymore, you know? So just being able to pull up my phone and look at the Trello app and see kind of scroll through teaching ideas is so much more effective for me and just the way my brain works. I agree. All right. So yeah, you need to check out Rocketbook if you haven't yet. It's so if you're, fun. I, and you're like to be, you know, into the latest technology, but also like to write things down. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. The next point is to think about your classroom theme for next year. Okay. So in the previous podcast episode, preparing for the school year part one, I talked about this and I talked about just kind of thinking about how you're going to decorate your classroom the next year. And in that podcast episode, I said, you know, I realized that some people don't really have a theme and that's totally okay. I really like to have a theme because it gets me excited for the school year. And I like to have something that kind of ties everything together. Mm -hmm. Taking this one step further this year, my husband has been saying this to me for a couple years. He's like, you spend so much time at school in the summer, like preparing your room with your theme and all that. Why don't you like do some of that at the end of the school year? Mm -hmm. I've always been like, Oh, I, you know, I'm too busy. I just don't have time. So this year I was like, okay, I'm going to make time to really think about my theme for next year. And because I feel like a lot of times in the summer, like I'll go to school and then sometimes I can't even get in because the floors are being waxed or whatever. Sure. And then I get in and then I'm like, okay, well I need to print something out and I need to laminate it, but the floor in this hallway is being waxed. So how do I get there? You know, it's like right. big to do. So and then what letting the laminator warm up. Yes. Yeah. These are some first world problems, but they are still problems. Right. They are still problems. They are ours. So, it's so true, though. Yeah, you just, all those, yeah, they're little problems, but they're still Mm -hmm. irritations, especially, you know, when you're at school in the summer. And it takes time, uh, yeah. Yeah. And this summer, I'm going to be teaching level three for the Capital University Kodai program, which is super. But because I knew I had that on my plate, I'm like, okay. I can't be going to school a bunch in the summer. Like I'm going to have to focus on capital and also give myself a summer because Hmm. last year when both of us took that Dominican university class, which was amazing, I got so much done. Yes. I'm going to be honest. It was stressful because I spent 150 hours of my summer working on school stuff and I don't think I ever really got a full break. You know, I was like constantly thinking about school. So I I only did 75 hours. Yeah. And I definitely, that was enough. That. Yeah. I definitely want to do the class again because you're going to work on school stuff anyway. But right. I've decided that this summer with me teaching capital, I am going to just take a break from that class and not do the class, just teach a capital, you know, and not do any other additional class on top of just that. Just teach a capital. Yes. So along those lines, I decided, okay, I'm, I'm going to try to like not, I don't know, we'll see what happens. But if I can be really purposeful with what I do, maybe I can do any schoolwork I need to do at home and not go into school mm-hmm. over the summer. Because I'm actually getting two work days this upcoming school year. Did you realize that? Oh. Yes. Two work days and a meeting day, I think is the way it looks on the calendar. So our kids don't actually start until Thursday. That's great. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I think I could get it done then if I'm really purposeful and have everything. Like, so my goal, I actually created the visuals already and I also put it on TBT. It's a, I'm doing a camping theme. Fun. 
Yeah. So I am going to print out everything I need and I might actually leave some of my forest themed stuff up because it's so similar to the camping thing theme. I could kind of mix and match. And the trees are so cute. Oh, yes. I want to leave the trees. So I wanted to make it similar enough that it wasn't like a complete overhaul of my room. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to try to print, laminate, and not even necessarily cut, but just have everything printed, laminated, and like sitting where it needs to be or maybe on my counter or whatever so that when I go in for the work day, I can just start cutting out things and putting them on the wall and be done with it. Sure. You know? we'll now, see. I have a question. As someone who has not used a theme in the past mm-hmm. to someone who does, do you keep some of those things or reuse them? Yes. Okay. I haven't reused them yet because I just started doing themes, I don't know, maybe like five or six years ago. Okay. Before that, I was just kind of a hodgepodge of stuff. Sure. Yeah. And then I saw people on Pinterest using themes and I was oh, like, oh, Pinterest. I like that. <laughs> That's great. So do you have a place where you've stored previous laminated materials? Yeah, but you know me and my organization, it's like on a shelf mm-hmm. and super organized, but it is there. <laughs> so if I was really organized, I would have a container that has all my space themes you know, decor. And then another container that has all of my monster theme decor. That's sure. really what I, that would be the smart thing. And then I can just recycle them, you know? Yeah. Well, that's yeah. okay. Goals. We yeah. have to have goals. Yeah. Yes. Be more organized. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay. And then I also think if you think about your theme, or even if you're not doing a theme and you're just like kind of thinking about your organization in your room or, the color theme, even if you just go with like certain colors, that over the summer, then it kind of gives you time to look at Target or Amazon mm-hmm. or however you like to buy your teaching stuff and kind of keep that in mind, you know, over the summer. Sure. I also think from the traveling perspective, this time of year, I'm so thankful for the containers that I do have. And one of the things that I've done over the years is create those crate seats. Mm-hmm. that the students use throughout the year, but I have figured out over the years how many crate seats I need to make so that at the end of the year I can take everything home. So most of my materials that will need to go home at the end of the year will fit within the amount of crates I have on each stage. That's smart. Thanks. So because even though I should receive my assignment for next year by the end of the school year, mm-hmm. I have at least once received an email over the summer that changed my assignment. So I don't really trust that. So I take everything home. And in a way, it's really helped me to be efficient about the materials I'm using. It gives me an opportunity to reflect because once I bring everything home, I can look at it all in one spot. Very Marie Kondo, right? Just put it all in Mm -hmm. one spot and look at it. And it gives you the opportunity to not necessarily look for sparks of joy, but whether or not I actually used it because I'm not always teaching all the grade levels each year. So right. sometimes I end up taking something into school that really isn't needed for a certain grade level. So I start this time of year looking at some of the concepts that I've already completed and I'll start to take those home systematically. So I'm taking home like a crate a week. And then by the end of the school year, I'm not using a dolly to get all of my stuff into the car. So that's sort of my traveler tip. Use containers. (laughs) Yeah, that's smart. 
Yeah, it's helpful. I've had my room for so long that I have spread out all of my stuff, as you do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like how many puppets I have. I'm not sure that my collection of puppets would fit inside your crate seats. (laughs) No, I doubt it. But it's a good point because like what you said about taking it out and looking at it, like I probably have quite a few puppets that I haven't used in years. And that's a shame. I need to get those puppets out and think about how I can use them. And I think forcing myself to bring everything home is a great kickstart to the following year too, because sometimes I'll find manipulatives that I sort of forgot to use or forgot to find a place for in a lesson plan. And it's a great reminder for me of what I do have and the resources that maybe were underutilized throughout the school year. So it's a great way to kind of get my brain thinking too. So, you know, there are days that traveling is not my favorite thing. There are beautiful days where it is my favorite thing. Big, sunny, beautiful days. But I would say that that's one of the perks is forcing myself to look at all the materials I have and really making sure that they are put into action or filed away until I would need them again. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Anything else as far as preparing for the end of the school year? No, it's been a really good year. I've worked with you a whole year. Yay! Yay! If you'll work with me again, but we're we're waiting with bated breath. I know. It'll be a treat (laughs) if it happens. Yes. It'll be delightful. I should mention to you that I have a blog post with an end of the year checklist that I wrote a few years ago. And that was another like old blog post that I was looking at recently where I was like, oh, that is helpful. I love that. (laughs) I wrote that. I should go back to that and put it into Airtable or Trello. That's great. I'll link the show notes too. I was looking at a schedule for later this month. I have a parent observation week and there are all these different schedules happening and At first glance, I thought, oh, I must have missed something. There's no way I did this correctly. And then I went back and looked at it, and all the dates and times were correct. And I did kind of pat myself on the back. So I completely understand where you're coming from, that you look back on the work you did maybe a month or two years ago and go, oh, that was a really good idea I had. (laughs) I think that's a very human thing, right? Sometimes we need that win. That actually happened. You remember the other day you were looking at that Spectrum's composition worksheet? Yes. Oh, yeah, I made that. Yeah, that was something I pulled out of my, like, lesson plan tub. After I already did the centers, I realized it was in there, and I pulled it out and went, oh, yeah, that was a good idea. (laughs) That was a really good idea I had. (laughs) Those of you who use Spectrum's, I had this worksheet where, like, you have circles. If you, after I explain it, if you want it, feel free to send me an email and I'll send it your way. But it's just like eight circles and the kids color whatever, you know, depending on the tones that you're using, if you have spectrums, they color the circles, whatever colors they want within the tone set. And they can totally do the same with bells or with boom whackers. Yes. And Mm -hmm. then they can play it in the spectrum or yeah, or with boom whackers or hand bells or whatever. But that That was was another great. I did it like last summer and completely forgot I did it. And then went, oh, well, yeah, that was a good idea. I totally forgot I did that. Good job, Aileen. I like <laughs> it. No, it's so great. And it was one of those simple examples. Like it was just clean and easy to use and right yeah. there. And neither yeah. of us used it. <laughs> That's okay. Next time. Yeah. I love it. 
All right. Well, do you want to talk about what we're consuming? Sure. I'll go first. So this totally made me think of the episode in which we talked about you buying the Becoming book. Is that what it's called? By yes. Michelle Obama. Yes. And you actually bought the Spanish version. Yeah. <laughs> which I have to tell you, I know you said it's because you had a glass of wine. However, I did look on Amazon and it is a very easy mistake to make because I looked for Becoming and it was one of the first things that came up. And I was like, oh, here it is. No, that's the Spanish version. Oh, wouldn't it have been great if we both bought it in Spanish? Well, I think because I've been warned, I did. <laughs> I think I could have made that mistake. Whether that makes or not me I feel a little of- better. Yeah, well, whether or not I had a glass of wine before I did it, I don't remember, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, but speaking of Michelle Obama, so I've been listening to a few episodes here and there of Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, I think is the official name of the podcast. I think I talked about it in another podcast episode because I listened to the episode maybe with Will Ferrell, but Michelle Obama was on his podcast and it was so good. Like oh, I just I'll have to check it out right away. Oh my gosh. She is just so like, I want to be her someday. You know, I don't want my husband to ever be the president, but I mean like, right. She is just, she embodies grace. She's so gracious and she's so smart. Yeah. All politics aside, she is just an amazing, amazing woman. So yeah, that really came across in this episode. And they had such a good rapport. So that was really fun to listen to. And they had just gotten done presenting at, gosh, I want to say somewhere in the Midwest, like Minnesota, or Wisconsin or something, they had gone to a high school and talked to kids about going to college. And Conan was talking about how he had never seen her so happy when she was talking to those kids and it just Aww. made even more because she finds so much joy in inspiring, you know, kids. Yeah. Everything she presents just comes off as really authentic to me. Yeah. I yeah. will definitely look that up. Yeah. She's definitely a really, really authentic person. Like, you know, you could, not that it will ever happen, but I could see myself like having coffee with her. You know what I mean? Like that. She yes. Just, she's got that. So like down to earth, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Very what have cool. You consuming. Well, we recently had spring break. And so yeah. my husband and I were looking for something to watch. And we started watching Superstore. And we watched that here and there. Okay. This show is about four seasons in. And it's uh, the lead character is America Ferreira, whom I love. Uh-huh. And my husband and I were kind of expecting like a typical. 30 minute laugh track sitcom like that it would just be silly yeah but it is so smartly written and like at moments even a little bit subversive like there aren't many 30 minute sitcoms that can weave in like the need for paid maternity leave you know into their show it's just really smartly done and I worked retail for many years so I just resonate with all of the weird quirky things that happen on the show one of my favorite parts of the show are these silent moments that will be in between scenes where someone just does something weird 
You know, uh-huh. like they'll just see like a llama walking down one of the aisles and <laughs> no one noticing it. Like those moments are some of the best of the show, completely aside from the fact that the cast is great and everything else. And as a kid, I was a huge fan of Kids in the Hall, uh-huh. which just gives you a little a little window into my twisted sense of humor. But one of the main characters is a Kids in the Hall member. So okay. we just laughed way more than we thought we would and then ended up watching. We're up to date. So we watched pretty much yeah. four seasons of this show over spring break till now, which well, makes us Sorry. sound kind of lazy. <laughs> no, you need it, that downtime. When I watched, it's just been, I haven't sat down and watched a whole episode, but what I've watched, I have been pleasantly surprised. Like, oh, this is really an interesting and funny show. But yes. I haven't, I didn't make, you know, a point to watch it from the beginning. So I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I didn't expect it to be so smartly written. And I was pleasantly surprised. Very cool. It makes me laugh. Yeah. Well, thank you all for listening to our podcast episode about preparing for the end of the school year. I and have we- to pause you, Aileen. You almost forgot to share the review. Oh. You had a great review. And it was really nice. Okay, I'll do that right now. (laughs) I was trying to do this at the beginning of the podcast episode, but I forgot. Okay, so this review is by RaceMom46. Thank you, RaceMom46. She says, Aileen is my favorite resource for all my lesson plans and song ideas. Love your podcast, website, and YouTube channel. You are amazing with three exclamation marks. That just made my night. Thank you so much. I love it. (laughs) Thank you so much. It's so nice to hear. So if you also enjoy this podcast, please go to iTunes and leave a review so that other music teachers can find it. Fantastic. All right. Okay. Well, thank you so much for listening and thanks for being on, Katie. Thank you. Have a great night. You too. Bye. Bye.